Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. I am sitting in Williamstown, Kentucky, broadcasting, and I have got to tell you, life is very different once you get out of these very congested areas. And there's so much beauty. And there is a, the first thing my husband said as we were driving from the airport in Louisville to Williamstown about three hours ago was, I don't think there's any Antifa here, (laughs) which was kind of an interesting comment coming from him. But I understand what he meant. There are plenty of American flags, plenty of those Uh, Someone in the family is serving in the United States military, stars on the sides of homes and on the sides of barns. And we just felt very much at peace and very much at home. We always do when we get here. I got to the farm, the ranch, the reclaimed ranch where we're staying. And uh, the first thing that greeted me was a baby lamb. The mama sheep had twins and rejected one of the lambs. So I got to feed a lamb. As a matter of fact, I sent the picture to uh, my producer, Sharina, and maybe she'll be able to put it up later. Animal Kingdom, you see how there's an acting out of reality that we as humans try to avoid like we like to think our way out of everything and oh no everybody wants their child no everybody doesn't want their child but somebody wants that child because i was perfectly willing my friend melissa has been bottle feeding this lamb since it was born three weeks ago at first around the clock and now just uh, once or twice a day but it's just it feels good to have my hands in a little bit of dirt That's all I'm going to say. I'm still basically, look, I was born and raised in New York City. I live in uh, Fort Lauderdale, well, Coconut Creek, whatever. So this is very country, but I I could see in the future, you know, uh, because I don't know what's going to happen. As we were leaving Fort Lauderdale, I just took a gander at the headlines. I didn't even like pull up any news. I just looked at the headlines and It's horrendous what's going on all over the world. By the way, I did uh, complete the No Restraint podcast about Israel yesterday before I left town. So you uh, will have a chance to hear that this week. You know, it doesn't doesn't stop me. I can now broadcast wherever I am. And I just uh, I'm a happy camper doing the show. The one hour at three o'clock is working for me. And I hope it's working for you. And if it's not. You know, you'll change. Get over it. <laughs> but I'm I'm looking at this, and I cannot believe that you know just before I left, there was an announcement 
that the Department of Justice had decided that they wanted the sentencing date for Devin, the partner of Hunter Biden, who was to testify in a closed, behind closed doors hearing in Congress, they wanted him to uh, get arrested. But it didn't happen. They had to withhold, pull that back. Just as I was getting on the plane, I saw the headline that said, no, no, uh, the Department of Justice said that the date that will be scheduled will be after his closed door testimony. And he's in there right now. You know, this is Hunter Biden's business partner, very close friend, Devin Archer. This is not somebody that is giving a third person account. This is even closer, if at all possible, to, uh, you know, the last sort of in-person account that we had been given. So it's very interesting to see what's happened. You know, we don't know what happens behind closed door, but this is this has got to be damning for the president. The committee members are made up of Republicans and Democrats, so you're going to hear multiple stories coming out because nobody's actually going to be able to, uh, no reporters are in there, it's closed door, but, you know, Andy Biggs, when he left the room of the deposition, said that Burisma would have gone out of business sooner if the Biden brand had not been invoked. People would be intimidated to really mess with Burisma because of the Biden family brand. Now, think about that. Archer, Devin Archer, the guy who was testifying today, was on the Ukrainian energy firm's board with Hunter, who was paid $50,000 a month for his role. Because you can't say for his expertise, he didn't know squat about energy or Ukraine. And so Jim Jordan, who was in the room for the deposition, told reporters that Archer had provided the committee with new information and called the meeting very productive. Okay. So let's see if this moves the needle. We're beginning to see that the American people are pressuring Congress and pressuring the media as well to tell us what's going on here. There's a lot of curious people when it comes to the role of the Biden family, okay, which includes the President of the United States and the uh, powers that be in the Ukraine before when he was the Vice President under Barack Obama and the powers that are now in place. He's now the President of the United States. So it's going to be interesting. Um, you, you'll see there's going to be a lot of conflicting opinions coming out of this hearing because it's all, uh, again, it's all third party, but Devin Archer is not third party. And I don't know if it could get any worse for the president if the newest CBS News poll is really accurate and it is a, a, a good photo, even if it's an instant photo. You remember when you used to have those cameras and uh, the Polaroid snapshot would come streaming out the bottom. There's probably people in my audience who don't even know that existed, but most of us do. So I would always call that a Kodak moment, right? So if the newest poll is an actual Kodak moment of the way America feels, President Joe Biden's reelection uh, hopes should be on life support. The survey, which was released yesterday, shows that a whopping, now listen to the, these figures are really amazing to me, 65% of American adults believe the economy is performing very badly. 
31%, fairly badly, 34%, fairly bad, wait, let's see, very badly, 31%, fairly badly, 34%, to add up to 65%, compared to just 29% who believe it is performing good or fairly good. 23% say fairly good, 6% say very good. And who do you think the Americans blame? Right? According to the poll, it's not even close. 80% of the respondents told CBS News that Biden's policies are a great deal or somewhat responsible for the current state of the economy. So it's either a great deal responsible at 44% or somewhat responsible at 36%. Only 5% of Americans believe his policies have had no impact. Those are the 5% of Americans, unfortunately, who also get to vote. Sorry, you know, I shouldn't be making fun of you, but golly, how could you possibly not think he's responsible? Believe me, if Donald Trump were president right now, all we'd be hearing, and these he had numbers like this, that's all we'd be hearing. That nobody in America likes him. Everybody in America feels like he's to blame for the rising prices that their paychecks aren't keeping up with. Not just that. My producer and I were just talking. She's trying to explain to me just how many homeless encampments are springing up all over Palm Beach County. Now, I can tell you that in Broward County, they're uh, not, doesn't seem to be uh, mushrooming, but we've had this problem for a long time in Broward County. And as far as Miami-Dade, I have no idea what's going on down there. But let me tell you, uh, one of the fundamental causes, yes, drugs and yes, mental health. We, we, we all accept and, and, and uh, feel terrible about those problems. Maybe if we closed the southern border, we'd have less people you know, living on the streets shooting fentanyl. But hey, uh, I don't want to have to just go there all the time. But now we're seeing a different sort of breed of homelessness. And it is literally people who have can't afford to live anywhere. They can't afford the rents. You know, I find it shocking that our daughter, my stepdaughter, is paying $2,000 a month to live in a, you know, it's a gated community of sorts, but it's a older, kind of shabby, not a lot of amenities. They got like, you know, a pool or two, but not in, not in like swimming shape all the time. They have like one basketball court. They have one tennis court. $2,000 for a two-bedroom apartment in, in that kind of, uh, you know, and, and she couldn't find anything even comparable. And I, I just know that if you're a, a mom, a single mom like she is, You've got to work morning, noon, and night to generate enough money to afford to pay your rent and your electric bill and your car payment and your uh, car insurance. It was not like this four years ago. And I don't care whether you like Donald Trump or you hate Donald Trump. We were doing better under the initial stages of COVID, the economy, than we're doing now. And I know they tell you, oh, but look, the stock market is up. Okay. That's great for Elon Musk. You know, I, I guess it's okay if you have a big stock portfolio, although you're probably pretty nervous. I know my stock portfolio hasn't been doing that well lately, you know, thanks to all these woke corporations. So Joe Biden's reelection possibilities 
really are starting to look negative. And they got nobody they can pinch hit, you know, put in there as a designated uh, batter. Nobody. You know, they look at the vice president and they think to themselves, holy moly, you know. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's a, that's a good idea. And then they look at Gavin Newsom, you know, and they think, well, he'd be great in the Barbie movie. He could play Ken. But look at California's economy. You know, they got deep, deep debt. They're the biggest economy of all the states, but they're like, they're just overdrawn on their bank account. People are fleeing to places like Texas and Florida. Well, you would, wouldn't you, right? If you had a state income tax and you would get no services and you had homeless people living on your front lawn. So Gavin Newsom, he may look good to p- put him in a Barbie movie, but he, uh, he can't run this country and everybody knows it. Pete Buttigieg, the guy couldn't fix the potholes in this small town in Indiana, okay? The guy took paternity leave when he just got uh, became the secretary of whatever he's a sec transportation. I don't even know what he's a secretary of. It's just absolutely mind-boggling. And that's why I say, you know, the promise for Joe Biden is getting weak, really weak. And uh, if the Republicans blow this, uh, I'll have no sympathy for them. And if they don't get behind Donald Trump, they're going to blow this. I can tell you that right now. Because somebody's got to be willing to fight, even under indictment. Oh, now it's Georgia's going to the grand jury. And uh, there's uh, three new indictments and potentially another five new indictments and blah, 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 blah. And, and his numbers just continue to go up. The latest polls, things are going from bad to worse for Ron DeSantis. Well, I'll talk about that when we come back. I'm going to take a break. Don't forget to download our 850 WFTL app. Then, like me, you can go wherever you want and hear the show. I can go wherever I want and do the show. It's a beautiful thing. Or visit our website, 850WFTL.com, so you can hear the latest podcast, the No Restraint podcast. You can hear, uh, you know, the UFO podcast that uh, Diener's like number one in, like, the world. So you want to hear that podcast, just go to our website, 850WFTL.com, or download our app. Let me take a quick break, and I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Bill, talking about time blindness, and that's why some people have problems being, I think I have that. Is that possible? I have time, but I can always do my show. I never miss the opening of my show. I can be close sometimes, but I never miss the opening of my show. But everything else, late. I'm just one of those people who has time blindness, so I I have to uh, talk to him about that. So anyway, so you have this horrendous GOP poll that came out today where things appear to be going from bad to worse, for our governor, uh, according to this brand new New York Times Siena poll, it shows that Donald Trump, the former president, has extended his lead 
to 27 points over the Florida governor. If the race were head-to-head, meaning if you didn't have Vivek Ramaswamy and uh, Nikki Haley and all the rest of them, Vice President Mike Pence. When was the last time a vice president ran against a... It's just not... It's not a good look. But anyway, um, if the race were head-to-head between Trump and DeSantis... Trump would win by a two-to-one margin. And I still got friends out there who tell me, oh, he's coming back. Ron DeSantis is coming back. No, he's not. No. 54% Trump, 17% DeSantis. That's the number in this poll. That's pretty lopsided, okay? And it's a very ominous sign for the governor. And I said all along, the problem for the governor is his timing and the fact that he listened to all of you guys and you know who I'm talking to, telling him that this was his time. You know, I may not be, uh, you know, a politically uh, syndicated consultant, but I know politics. You can't spend as much time studying it and crunching numbers as I do and not understand this was not the race that Governor DeSantis should have entered. And I don't know what it'll do to his political future. You know, he can salvage it if he, you know, if he leaves soon. Uh, You got Vice President Mike Pence at 3%, Senator Tim Scott at 3%, former Governor Nikki Haley at 3%, Vivek Ramaswamy and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie each coming in at 2%. Think about that. This is Trump's race. And this is a man who's got... uh, now second superseding indictments alleging obstruction of justice in the classified documents case. And, and the Democrats go, ah, look, he can't possibly run. He's running. Not only is he running, he's, he's winning right now. And, and I don't know what, what the problem is with this. Well, I do know what the problem is for Governor DeSantis. I really do. But I, I don't want to rip him apart because I am... I think he's a great governor. So my desire is not to demean him. He's a great governor. He just shouldn't have entered this race. And we get it. You know, people were telling him, it's your moment. It's your moment. What did Megyn Kelly put out a piece that was hilarious? Well, it's not even hilarious, kind of sad, but it's disastrous. She, she, uh, she said in a behind-the-scenes look at her interview with the governor, she literally talked about how policies aren't the only thing that people pay attention to, right? And the meet and greets and the media circuits and all those early primary states and beyond have kept the governor, like his other guy, like the other guys, busy. And the first debate is coming up. And I don't know, he carved out enough time for a you know a little interview with Megan Kelly, but apparently, you know, that's not the most important thing that he should be doing. Unfortunately, she detailed with a layover of her posing with DeSantis as well as her greeting him at the beginning of the interview. As soon as I sit down, I realize on the right side, which you can see I'm hiding there behind the governor, there's a rip, a tear. And I'm strategically placing my arm over the rip. 
Okay, so she's got a tear in her clothing. She has a wardrobe malfunction. And that's the most interesting thing about her interview with Governor DeSantis. Come on, think about that. The discussion that we had the night before is off the record. So we're not going to go into the substance here, but I will tell you that he's extremely knowledgeable about every single issue that I teed up to him. There was no issue on which he couldn't go 10 deep. And it was interesting to hear him talk like that. But he's, uh, he's doing impressions, and I never saw that side of him. Let me tell you something. It's just too soon, Ron. Too soon. Anyway, but when the most uh, important thing you can talk about in an interview with one of the presidential hopefuls is that you're, uh, you know, hiding a tear in your dress, whew, he's got bigger problems than anybody knew about. Uh, another crazy headline that I saw this morning was a, you know, and I've been following this, this, this Republican guy from uh, Wisconsin who, uh, what's his name, Van, Van Orden. And, you know, he's been on the receiving end of a lot of condemnation from both sides of the aisle because he launched in this a rant against a group of, you know, pages, Senate pages that are all like high school kids, you know? And he told them, I can't even repeat what he said, he used the F word to get out of the Capitol Rotunda and, uh, you know, he was physically aggressive towards the 16 and 17 year old pages who after a long work day were lying on the floor of the rotunda taking pictures of the dome. Now, if you've ever been there and you've looked at that dome, it's really a work of art. And so if you're a 16 or 17 year old kid and you have the good fortune to be in the rotunda at all, never mind you're working in there, even if it's a, an, as a volunteer, like why wouldn't you lie on the floor when it emptied out and take some pictures? And this co congressman comes up and starts screaming in their faces. By the way, he had just come from a beer and cheese event that he reportedly was hosting for his constituents and he was leading a tour group of his constituents when he looked at the group of pages. Now this guy is a former Navy SEAL and he screamed at those kids like a drill sergeant. You know, wake the F up, you little S's, and what the F are you, what, get the F out of you. I mean, he said the F word like five times. And all this is, you know, on cell phone video what is wrong with these people? Everyone's so angry in America. And, and I get it. When people say, oh, Joyce, you should run for Congress. That's what you should do. No, no, I'm too angry. You see, I'm too angry. I'd, be, I'd end up like this uh, stupid uh, congressman shouting at people. Can you just picture if I get into an elevator with Nancy Pelosi? That's not a pretty thing to think about. You know, I'm, I'm a, a nice person, but... Some people just bring the worst out in you. All right, and, and let me tell you why I'm so happy right now that I'm in Kentucky. Nobody's angry. Nobody's angry. Everybody's smiling. And they're working hard, but they're happy. It's beautiful and it's peaceful. Man, make this summer, at some point this summer, you all need to get out of the congested places and go somewhere where you can feed a baby lamb, okay? That's all I'm going to say.
All right, let me take a break. I will be right back. I am not um, putting down Governor DeSantis. He is one of the best governors ever in the you know United States of America. Um, but I'm telling you, he's a very flawed candidate. And I predicted this. And everybody told me that I was wrong. And, you know, I was wrong about him being a great governor. I wasn't sure he was up to that task. But it's not that I don't think he'd be a great president eventually. It's that I knew that he was nowhere near ready now. Uh, one of his former supporters has come out and used the exact term that I said, that, um, that he's a, just a flawed candidate. And he was, Ed Rollins is a big time, long, long time Republican strategist. He was a big Trump supporter, but he was heading the DeSantis Ready for Ron Political Action Committee. And he was, uh, he was moving on from President Trump. He was ready to move on. A lot of people were, I get it, I get it. Not me, but a lot of other people. And Rollins is no longer involved in supporting Ron DeSantis. Because he clear this is what hit this is a quote from Ed Rollins, okay? He clearly doesn't understand the game. <laughs> I think that's exactly what I said. I don't think it's the campaign's fault. It's his, Rollins said. I think he's been a very flawed candidate. I know some of the people around him, and some of them are good, talented people. But every time he opens his mouth, he has a tendency to, shall we say, think out loud. And he clearly doesn't understand the game. When you get into these culture wars the way that he has, the vast majority of people don't understand what they are. Now, interesting, because those are the qualities of Donald Trump that work for Donald Trump. You can say whatever you want if you're Donald Trump. And, and he does. He clearly thinks out loud, which is what Ed Rollins is accusing Ron DeSantis of. Now, of course, Rollins also now believes that Joe Biden is going to get reelected unless something serious happens. Well, how much more serious can it get than the fact that, you know, over 70 percent of the country thinks he's doing a lousy job? That's about as serious as it gets, don't you think? So I don't know. I know that the DeSantis campaign is hitting the reset button. Um, and there's a, still a debate, which I'm sure Donald Trump's not going to participate in. And who knows? That may shake it up. You know, Donald Trump's at 54% right now of Republican voters. But who knows? You know, can, can Nikki Haley get a little more support? Maybe. The VP, Mike Pence? Probably not. You know, both of them are under 5%. Vivek Ramaswamy, under 5%. So, come on. And I don't even think Chris Christie, I don't know why Chris Christie did this other than he would have a, a microphone to speak into and, you know, and, and all the donuts he could eat on the trail, campaign trail. I, look, I'm sorry, but let's face it. Krispy Kreme is all about donuts. Um then, you know, I wanted to share with you, I may be in, out of the state right now, but I know a lot about how things are working in the state. And look, red states like Florida are passing 
a lot of pro-freedom laws. They're passing common sense laws that improve the quality of our lives in many different ways. So we are one of the prime destinations, all red states really, for Americans who are seeking freedom, for Americans who want an opportunity to worship the way they want to, uh, not have their churches shut down, to raise children in a fairly wholesome environment where they're not being indoctrinated into all this uh, gender fluidity nonsense and a place where they can, you know, prosper. Um, but conservative laws are also producing a secondary benefit. And, you know, I had not really thought about this until I read this uh, article. I don't even remember where I read it, but it was excellent. Um, the leftists are packing their stuff and getting out. They're, they're like self-deporting to blue states. And, and that's a great effect for us here in Florida if we're going to try and uh, win elections, right? It would be good if we had left, less leftists voting. The Sunshine State has become the friendliest possible territory for any common sense conservative to live, right? We've got a conservative governor. We have a proactive conservative state legislature that's been working together um, and they're getting rid of like all the worst aspects of progressivism. And basically they're nullifying all of the effects of the far left federal nonsense that everybody's dealing with in the country. So the lefties are running. Like I said to my kids, you know, it's time to get out of California. California is a disaster. And while they don't disavow the fact that California is a disaster, they say, but I could never live in Florida again. Well, why? Well, you're just too far to the right for us. Okay. What's well, so too far to the right? So if you have Obamacare here in Florida, just like you have anywhere else, but here in Florida, we don't allow uh, people who are getting free health care to have sex change operations. We, you can't use Medicaid to pay for it. That's actually still tied up in court. But, and we will not allow surgeries like that to be performed on children. So all these leftists who want to transition their children have to get out of here. They got to go to California. They got to go to, you know, uh, uh, Massachusetts. They got to go somewhere where they can use their free money from the government to, you know, to, to abuse their children. I don't even know what to call it. To alter the bodies of their children. And I don't mean like the Kardashians who alter their bodies, but they use their own money. Uh, look, the state has also criminalized Florida has criminalized the brainwashing of young children into believing that it's natural for human beings to randomly change their gender. And so therefore, uh, people like me and probably people like you are not forced, uh, you know, to accept that. You know, we're being harassed to share intimate spaces with members of the opposite sex. I listened to an interview with one of these swimmers. This girl described having to get undressed in front of this transgendered male who still got all male parts in the locker rooms. 
Not here, not in Florida. So the lefties, uh, you know, flee. They can't tolerate the to intolerant people who say women should not be forced to get undressed in front of uh, transgendered men who are still men. Why is that so uncomfortable for them? You know, we're protecting innocent children from lunatic adults who want to groom them into some sort of mental illness and medicalization when they're too young to know any better. And normal people here in Florida can go about their business free of social bullying. And the, the secondary benefits I'm starting to believe are even more important. The freeloading freaks and their enablers are fleeing Florida. That sounds almost like a, a rhyme. Freeloading freaks and their enablers. GoFundMes are springing up as these child abusing ideologues and these delusional individuals who sop up public medical money seek to relocate. An overwhelming majority of my family is transgender, writes one mentally confused child warper. Now, what, that's an incredible coincidence, right? But the overwhelming you know, majority of her family or either its family is transgendered? How, how could that possibly be? What an incredible coincidence. And, and Governor DeSantis is making it illegal for us to pee in public restrooms and legal for the state to seize my children and a variety of other scary stuff. No, what's scary is you're raising your children in a state of unreality and pumping them full of unstudied chemicals and doing God knows what else to their healthy bodies. So the beleaguered parents have a plan. We're selling our house and fleeing the state. We're moving to a place that means we'll need to rent for a bit, which means we need move-in money and travel money. I set the goal a little higher in case it gets taxed, funky, but literally any help is appreciated. Let me tell you something. I am a Florida resident, and I'm gladly going to chip in because I would like this overwhelmingly transgendered family to go somewhere else. Because, you see, I want my grandchild who's growing up here not to have to go to school with disturbing, disturbed kids who make her him feel uncomfortable. To be clear, I'm not criticizing trans kids, but I'm criticizing the adults who manipulate and lead innocent, trusting children when they're too young to know any better. Anyone with a heart should be upset at the sight of these kids, emotional wrecks who can't even deal with the most basic objective truths, which are, you're a boy or you're a girl. And regular kids are upset by the sight of these unhappy peers, I'm sure. No one likes to see an abused kid walking around, especially one who doesn't even realize that he, she's being abused. It's nothing but good if young children are able to go to school and socialize without being confronted with such things. So, you know, nice side effect. All of the uh, overwhelmingly transgendered families are seeking uh, money to move. You should donate. You know, go to the GoFundMe and help the uh, Florida transgendered parents, uh, whatever they are, get enough money to go to California. Anyway, I got to take a break. Don't forget, coming up right after me, Eric Erickson, but I still have one segment left. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back. It's uh, so funny to pay, you know, trying to raise money. They're, they're like hilarious, but they're not. They're really sad. This one says, as Florida works to stop Medicaid funds from being used for 
uh, body modifications. Uh, I'm a crowd funder. I'm a 20-year-old trans woman currently living in Tampa, Florida. As many are aware, Florida grows increasingly hostile towards trans folk. And laws are expanding to prevent people like me from receiving life-saving, gender-affirming health care, such as one seen in FLSB 254. You know, what, what's so common for the left is to lie about Florida laws because consenting adults are not prohibited from, uh, you know, lopping off body parts if that's what they want to do. The only thing that Florida is saying, you got to pay for it yourself. If I want, let me just make this as clear as possible to you. If I want a nose job, my insurance will not cover that. If I want, you know, a, a big booty like the Kardashians, my insurance company is not paying for that. I, it doesn't pay for body sculpting and, and liposuction. It doesn't pay for tattooing uh, or any vanity procedures. Now, as far as I'm concerned, Gender-affirming care is a cosmetic procedure. And just because you say it's life-saving doesn't make it so. Not here in Florida. Not in Texas. Governor Abbott similarly, he's seeing an exodus of the bluest of the blues from Texas. You know, this is important. This is a, a, a secondary effect that's really important. Because... When the pandemic was raging, raging, right? Everybody wanted to come here. I mean, writers for the New York Post and people all over uh, California were like, "Oh, maybe we should go to Texas," you know. Well, guess what? Uh oh, and then of course Roe v. Wade, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Ah, <laughs> nine weeks, six weeks, twelve weeks? No, no, I'm going to California where you can, you know, literally. Uh, commit infanticide. If you forgot to make the decision early enough, don't worry. The doctor will uh, deliver the baby and then you two can have a discussion. It's just evil. The left has become evil. The in-migration of sane, productive, freedom-loving people to the red states far outweighs any of the population that we might be losing to the blue states. Uh, because anxiety-wracked people who identify as victims should go to blue states when they can fly their freak flags high. And the quality of life will only continue to improve for the normal ones like me who stay behind. Nobody is going to be sad to see fewer divisive, destabilizing socialists in your neighborhood. Red soil is becoming infertile for the seeds of Marxist, Maoist, social disruption to take root. And the leftist globalists, well, guess what? They have the executive branch and the upper chamber, and one happy result is that federalism is still alive and well. And Florida, you know, as sad as it is to see the United States dividing itself into the free states and the People's Republic of America, the upshot is that there remain vibrant, prosperous, repositories of what made America great to begin with. I happen to be in one of those states right now, the state of Kentucky. So Florida, Kentucky, Texas, these are uh, you know states that are getting redder by the minute. And all them blue lefties that were in these states, bye-bye, see ya, wouldn't wanna be ya. You know, hope you have a nice time in your overtaxed blue states. Yeah. 
It's a beautiful thing. You know, the governor of Massachusetts is asking people to take the uh, incoming uh, illegal immigrants into their homes. Good. I hope they uh, I hope they do, and I hope they all uh, live happily ever after. So I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back in front of this microphone tomorrow at 3 p.m. If it be his will and he delays his coming, what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And then may God bless you, and may God bless the United States of America. I'll see you all tomorrow at 3. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.